Watch a full-length movie on YouTube, better known as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. I don't know if it's better known as, but it's known as... What? L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. It's also known as... Also. Yeah. And and, uh, it was formerly known as, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube, but when they set up the RSS feed... We actually mm-hmm. got written up as the acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, and we'll take it. <laughs> it's it's Feb- become a thing. It's February 16, 2020. We, of course, streamed this show live initially at mutinyradio.fm. Why, Why not, not make a donation? And uh, we follow the great Edge of Insanity podcast with Paul Brumbaugh, who is in the studio. He is our countdown king. We're going to count down a movie because our concept is we watch a full-length movie with you. Let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl, I got so much to talk about. Like In two weeks, we're going to be live. We'll talk more about our yeah. live shows that are coming up. We'll talk about next week's movie. But right now, what is the movie we're going to watch today? Right now, this very moment, we are going to watch Wild Flowers, 1999. That's what you put in your YouTube search engine. It's one word, Wild Flowers, because you already know that because you're smart people. Wild Flowers, 1999. Carl, Carl, hang on a second. You thought that was an open compound word? (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God. And I suggest, because it's the only one you'll find, Popcorn Flicks. Our good friends, Popcorn, Popcorn Flicks. Flicks. I like those guys. Yeah. I'm going to subscribe right now. I subscribe. Well, don't bother. They have a mil- you know, a million and a half subscribers. I don't, but okay, I don't look want. at my notifications anyway. I'm, I'm in my 50s. <laughs> All right, so ladies and gentlemen, we want you to go to Wildflowers Free Full Movie Drama. Daryl Hannah is a name, and that is from our very good friends at Popcorn Flicks with an X. They have hundreds of fucking full-length movies there. And, yeah. Uh, we're going to watch this one along with the 54,000 who've also viewed this movie. And to count right. us down himself, he's fucking doing a killer job setting up the uh, – <laughs> Paul's in the studio, and he fucking did it. You got the curtain up. Now we got some privacy. Jesus Christ. Take uh-huh. a breather. Do you want to go ahead and use that mic, sir? Sure. All right. So – Edge of Insanity is the podcast. He's our countdown king, Mr. Descending Numerals himself. Let's get ready to Brumba, Paul Brumba. Hey, what's <laughs> happening, guys? Good to see you all or hear you all. There you go. Time for wildflowers. You guys know the drill? Mike's got his little finger over that triangle, triangle and let's do this thing in three, two, one, go. Thank you, Paul Brumba. Launched. Fry's Thank Film you, Group Brumba. presents a Thomas Garvin Film Smith production. Of a, a Melissa Painter film. 
Is that nice? Melissa Painter. She wrote it and directed it. It's her directorial debut. So, please, she made movies after this, right? Hardly. Oh. She did Steal Me in 2005. She did... I beg your pardon? She, I did not. In I was drunk. Five. she was a associate producer... Producer... On The Matrix? On a... The Incredibly True Adventure of Two Girls in Love, which I watched the trailer. I've seen, and, I've seen it. It's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah, that movie. I thought so. I mean, the trailer. Oh, yeah, the trailer's excellent. The best 90 seconds of your life. <laughs> I saw John Doe's name on the opening credits. Yeah, and he's one of the first people we're going to see. Now, he is the one of the, he's the founding member and lead singer of X. I, not exclusively the lead singer, right? Right, well, and, there's X um, scene. Doesn't she sing along about how Johnny hit Eileen and all that stuff? Like, she yeah, sings along, right? and she sings. we share the Decline of Western Civilization documentary yeah. about the L.A. punk scene. That's what you and I, that's yeah. how we were introduced to X. I don't want to speak for you, but I was. No, I, I, it opened me up. My favorite part of that movie was them saying we were at Darby Crash's house, and uh, he was eating a toy car, and we said, don't, Darby, don't eat that. Uh You'll die. And they all laughed. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. 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 So you're right. And he's an artist as well. And he's an actor. We, we mentioned one of his films he did with a Beastie Boy. Roadside right. Attraction. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So he's out there as an actor. Oh, look at all this hippie shit. This is what it looked like, man, back in the day. San Francisco, California. All right. That's right. In 85. Okay. So basically this woman here who we're watching is a child of the 60s. That's really what it's all about. Um, okay, boomer. Hippies who had, hippies who became parents. And that's what I was too, by the way. And You had um, hippie parents? This, no, I, yes, I did have hippie parents. And there's John Doe. Yeah, look at that mustache. That looks more yeah. like a C than an X. And a lot of years have passed here. This is 1999. <clears throat> And that's Clara Duvall, is the actress's name? Right. Actor's name? Right. Okay. And you know her. I mean, she was in uh, The Faculty. She's all that. Oh. Girl Interrupted. I mean, you've seen her around. Yeah, sure. She was on TV a lot, too. Right on. And she does a good job for what this film is. She does exactly what she's supposed to in this film. So she's the present-day hippie chick. Well, no, she is the daughter of hippies. Gotcha. That's what I meant to say, daughter of hippie. Right. So she will deal with the ramifications of having hippie parents. That is, a mother who left and disappeared, uh, who supposedly ran away because she was in trouble with the law, and a father who's sort of like a ne'er-to-do-well, you know, we're in a San Francisco bar, right? This is San Francisco. That's what they, they didn't. Right order. now, we're in Marin County. Yeah, that's what I thought. And yeah, and he—I don't know if it's a. I think you're right that it is a bar. If you turn the sound on right now, you'll hear a lots of kissy kissy noises. Carl, stop making that noise. The joke's not funny. Oh, that's the film. <laughs> Carl, oh no, that's still the film. Here we go. Going the other direction. I'm gonna have to go back to the city. Thanks for the... So what's happening here is she is the aggressor and she is the one's like, let's do it. And he's like, sorry, I got to go somewhere. And by the way, we'll never meet this guy again. Wow. Talk about blue balls. 
So are they teenagers in lust? Yeah. Ah. Oh, there she goes again, Mac. And... Oh, The Spin Doctor is my favorite song. Sorry, trying to keep this movie current. So she lives in a boat. Like, there's a weird culture of, like, uh, boathouses and uh, people living now, there. Now, the dad lives on a houseboat yeah. that is docked, and you can walk to it. I'm really not sure in this scene why she boats to it. What the fuck? That's because you're a land lover. All right? <laughs> you're not like our buddy Skeeter. You're not, like, from the sea. <laughs> that's funny you mentioned his name well we mentioned it in good spirits of course because we are but a he always show. did that as a braggart he would right? say that right yeah we're, we're we're joshing with the guy but he would bring up the fact we're land lovers and then you right. know, he's just happened to be from the sea my movie's still happening I think my movie blacked out an error okay. occurred all right ladies oh gentlemen. damn it I'll pause please pause it can't be because I didn't log in Ah, poopsie. Why not just use my phone? I'll just let... No, no, no. Uh, you shouldn't. You should definitely... Because you have sound, sound on your yeah, computer. Yeah, I do have sound on my computer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are, of course, as I said, streaming live. So we are going through a little bit of a change. So let me see if I can... I didn't, of course... It'd be... Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm going to restart it. Now, there I'm at five minutes and 12 seconds. you okay. got to count me All up. Right. And right. don't mess it up. Now, now I understand the concept. You want me at 5.09 to go three, and then at 5.10 go two, and then 5.11 go one, and then you'll click it because you're waiting for me to say 5.12. And I just can't. Right. I was last week, if you were listening to our exciting episode <laughs> of real time of YouTube viewing, I was just counting off the nuts. Three, two, uh, one, go. That's... Michael. No, I thought that was excellent. I never talked okay, about so it. Okay, so right now she's arriving home to discover that her father is missing. And this happens, you know, sometimes he goes off uh, to a place where they grew up, which, where a commune was. Right. Uh, they called it Lima, which sounds like Peru to me, but it's over the hill outside of Marin County. Yeah, I don't really know that neighborhood. So it's a rich county. I know, like, you know, I've seen the show Silicon Valley, I guess. But there's some beautiful parts. Look at that fucking forest. That, come well, on. what they're saying is that there isn't even a sign that announces the town. This is where a lot of people hide out oh. who, who were in trouble in the 60s. Now, it's 85 here in this movie. Oh. Uh, so, you know, the 60s were... You're right. It's it is recent 85. enough that if you were in trouble with the law, you better keep hiding. You're running on empty, buddy. Well, that was uh, Abby Hoffman was a fugitive in the 80s. Mm -hmm. He, uh, the one of the yippie uh, mastermind. Uh, sure, yeah. And uh, he was underground. And he finally came out in the 80s and uh, emerged. And they were like running on empty, I think, is the movie about a family, a bunch of hippie families hiding out. So he, she has discovered her father, and there he is. Um, Seems really and, young. Um, oh, no, his dad. name is Wade or Dad. She goes by both. Everyone calls him Dad? No. Just he. I'm just saying, like, as the child of hippies, he, he can, she can call her father by his first name. <sighs> That's so weird. Now, as a child of a hippie, did you, name, did you, did you do that too? No, it was mom and dad. Yeah. 
I'll be like, Mom, so, can I have your pot, please? And she's like... Well, I mean, when my parents had children, they were hippies. But very soon after, my father was a professor at a school, and my right. mother was going for her masterate, working, masters, working in Trenton uh, for the government. I, they were They turned into not hippies real fast. Well, that's good, though. That's for the betterment of it. I suppose. Yeah. My my parents were born both born during wartime, so they don't uh-huh. so they don't they I mean they were both born before war I mean like they were war shit kids so I think they were too old to be hippies. Gotcha, that's good. Yeah. Oh well, the whole the whole backlash, the whole okay boomer backlash right now is just great. You got a whole generation of kids who are pissed that people in Marin still have their houses from the seventies. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they just want you to like. The reason why there's a fucking housing crisis is because people are still alive and still holding on to their shit they got for a song back in the hippie sixties. Uh, we're mad at them. Yeah, fucking, what's up with you? I want to live out here. Look at this place. Look at it. It's so nice. I can't afford it. I want a house out here. Well, they don't own it, Baron Square. Then. Give me the house. Oh yeah, I want a house. Well, houseboats are notorious because it, you know what if you got roaches in there? It's just weird. I don't know. Roaches on a houseboat. You think I it's all glamour possible. in a houseboat? Houseboats are not all yeah. glamour. You do? It's not. I incorrectly thought so. Just so we're clear, we're not talking about boat houses. We're talking about houseboats. Because a boathouse is fun. You got a bar there. And you, got, you got a nice view of the pier. <laughs> no, I mean the one that floats. I mean the one that floats. <laughs> oh, okay, now, float? White Wade, Callie's father, is named Thomas Arana. And he's one of those people who's been in a million movies, but somehow you still don't know his face. Okay, I'll get back to him because now we're going to see Blues Travelers Uh-oh. and you can listen to the bad music if you want. All right, I am. 1999. They couldn't afford Spin Doctors. They had to get Blues Travelers. Right, right. <laughs> Counting Crows would return our calls. Here's some Blues Travelers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we're going to have the inciting incident of the film. This is the part that's going to launch us. We learn that she's a child of hippies. Right. Her father's not dependable. Her mother disappeared, and she's this like mystery woman. And she lives a great life as a youngster in California. And or so now we're going to have the inciting incident in okay. standing by. So Blues Brothers guy, I think he was in uh, Blues Brothers 2000, which came out in '98. So this is his second consecutive year in the movies. Ta-da! Now look, it's Daryl Hannah. Wait, wait, no. I, what number are you? I'm at the Blues Travelers, 940. Okay, I'm at 10 exactly. Okay, so I'll, I'll count you I'm down. Gonna... I'll pause, and I'll no, count... No, 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 wait. Wait. All right, I'm waiting. Okay, 10... 1008. Tell me when it's. Ladies and gentlemen, at 1008, I will count you guys down to 1008. Go ahead. This gives you a chance as we jam through the Blues Travelers. 1008. I will give you the countdown. Don't worry. I got it ready this time. Just say that. Count the numbers. Three, two, one, go. Mike, that was outstanding. Thank you. That was terrific, Mike. I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of 1999's Errol Hannah. She's there she great. is. She's like, I, she's one of my favorites, man. She's just one of the best actors out there. Like she's done so much good stuff, you know. Like she what? went from this. Oh shit! Clan of the Cave Bear. Yeah, you've never seen that movie. I've never seen that movie. Nobody's ever seen you that. You never movie. saw that movie? Come on, who's fucking seen Planet of the Cave Bear? You should Clan of the Cave Bear. You should see it. 
I he plays that. a human being who lives with Neanderthals, and they're all like, she's so ugly. Wait a minute, that's the plot of it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's present day Neanderthals? That's the so stupid... ugly. I had no yeah, idea. It's not I a knew, comedy. I knew it was like a caveman movie, but I didn't realize that she was like a modern-day human. Okay, so here's... Well, she's she's a, she's not a modern-day human. I mean, she's a human of caveman times. Oh, I got But she it. lives with Neanderthals. Okay, so... What we just saw is Callie saw Daryl Hannah and said, what is this? Who is that creature? <laughs> and she, like, fell in love with Daryl Hannah, and she danced with Daryl Hannah. And then as soon as Callie was, like, liking it, yeah. Daryl Hannah saw that and disappeared. Ah. And now we're on now who's, Ocean Beach. This or... is her two best friends from childhood. To, let me guess, uh, Lumpy and Boner. Oh, no, Correct. let's leave it to Beaver. The one on the left is Lumpy. No, no, so in uh, in Leave it to Beaver, Eddie had uh, Eddie Haskell had a friend named Boner. Here we are, San Francisco, North <laughs> Beach. And That's then, right. Yeah, oh, look at these cafes. They call This is a first wave cafe, they would call it. This is one of the original North Beach cafes from the 50s. Uh, Cafe now Tristan. check it out, Mike. The guy behind the counter uh-huh. was the guy who played Big Brother in that Apple Macintosh computer, that famous Super Bowl advertisement where the oh, one person he was Big Brother. Screen. He was this on yeah, the screen. He was Big Brother. Wow, that's crazy. And now he serves coffee David at North Now he's a fucking barista, dude. That's hard times. <laughs> Look, she stole oh. the worst piece of food you could buy. The stale. It's not stale. That's, You're supposed to dunk it in like your your first wave Italian 1950s North Beach coffee. She even left the coffee there. I can't help it. You have to pay two fifty for that coffee. Look at that. There's a little payphone in the cafe. Those guys yeah. are the worst. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you got da 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 da. Be like, shut up. I hope this <laughs> never catches on. Now he was the big brother in that movie, but he also in 1984 he was on Supergirl as party guest. I remember that he's like, "Ooh, great party, Supergirl!" Hey guys, it's Supergirl. What a party! Uh oh, uh oh, my screen went fucking uh-oh. crazy. Uh oh, pause. What? It. I'm talking. Look, I'm trying to get rid of this, this movie. This is the worst thing for people at home. I, guys, listen, this is a live show, and I think we'll never. Are you sure I can't use my phone? Right, I'm at, you do what you want. You it is maybe, Michael maybe Eagleman, not okay, Carl. All right, Carl, hang on a sec. Where are you now? Thirteen fourteen. Okay. Fourteen seconds. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Thirteen fourteen is the magic number. You could pause this podcast, and I'll give you a three, two, one countdown, like I'm Paul fucking Brumba. <laughs> I'm Paul Brumba. I can't wait to guest on his show. Oh yeah, we're doing two weeks. We'll we, we'll we'll talk about it real soon. So three, two. One, go. Three, four, Excellent, Michael. Okay, now, here she is in the bathroom, and she's hiding because we have seen... The Biscotti incident. Eric Roberts. Oh, we did? Yes, and she's running to not get... Oh, what did she leave behind? The Gideon Bible? No, it's a book of her own poetry and drawings and stuff. God, how so left a kid. So Callie left a kid at the cafe... To give right. the spoken word, but look at those three. You see those stairs? That was just like the stairs that I saw Cameron Diaz dance during the shooting uh-huh. of thing. It's off in one of these alleys here. But this is like a famous part. Like, can you? Oh, have you ever seen the movie The Phantom Tollbooth? 
with the cartoon based on a Jules Pfeiffer? I haven't. So, but the kid lives in North Beach and he walks around these little alleyways. It's the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a, a, a theater in one of these spaces in the 90s where uh, Kamal Bell had a show and a friend had a show. Uh, but it was weird. God, look at that. How cool is that? That's in the fucking city? Well, this is 3340 Folsom Street, but the thing is, it really looks like it's a side street. So I went on Google Maps and found that it's like a little uh, courtyard kind of thing. Well, so there is an area up on North Beach where the cafe is, where it is like a hill and has really small areas. Folsom is south of Market. That's a a few blocks from there. Anyway. Well, according... It, you know how they have fake geography in film. Yeah, yeah. No, According to the internet, that's 3340 Folsom Street, and I looked it up. It's called Bernal Heights. Bernal Heights. Bernal Heights. Bernal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's south of Market, and North Beach is north of Market. So, yeah, it's a little fudgy. And also, I should nitpick here at this ocean scene, nobody in Northern California just goes in the fucking water. It's gross and cold, and there's high Yeah, well, around. he's saying to her... She's saying to him, come in the water with me. And he goes, no. And she goes, but it's cold. And he goes, I know it's cold. <laughs> I know. Everyone you knows go it's in cold. the water. <laughs> but you, get, you know, outside, you're just like, outside the, the state, you're like, oh, California. Oh, I got the ladies, California girls on the beaches. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this isn't L.A. No. Ah, uh, the old farm to table. Slow cooking. Marin County, uh... Fancy food. Wow, they're just macking out right there. Guys, can you stop making out before dinner? We're a six and a, uh, some shitty commune. Well, it's more like friends. They're all friends. And that is um, um, Graham. And she is in love with Graham. She's known Graham since she was a little kid. But Graham is much older and will not uh, become Callie's like, boyfriend. Good for Graham. Yeah, and Graham is a tragic story. His name's Richard Hillman. He was on Wildflowers, this one. Then he was on Bring It On, that cheerleader yeah, movie. Yeah, sure, with, one of my uh, favorite movies of all time. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, Gabriel <laughs> Union. And then he died of AIDS at age 34. Wow. 2009. Wow, all right. So he started wow. having a career. Yeah, well, that's a great and then movie. He burned Everyone's out. great in that. So that's too bad to hear. So look, Graham's like, look, I got a girl. See, Callie, you can never have me. So she's looking around. Uh, what? They let her drink. Well, good for him. He's the only responsible guy I know in Marin County. <laughs> look, he's in her dress. Oh, my God. I never noticed that before. I've seen this movie. This is my fifth time. You're shitting he's me. He's in her dress. Oh, boy. And he's, she's in his clothes or something. So is this a bad dream? Does he... No, no, this is real. They're talking about how she ran off to see that Daryl Hannah lady. Yeah. Oh, at the North Beach coffee shop, still Bisconti. You guys wouldn't believe it. What a story. Hey, I With saw this guy. Phone. I was over at a Phil's Coffee on Market Street, and this guy comes in, and he grabs this. There's an available seat, and he grabs it, and he gets himself a glass of water, and he puts, like, sugar in it. And... Mm-hmm. uh he hangs out there for quite a bit. And then he goes up to the counter and he asks for a paper bag. And they give him a paper bag, you know, with a little, like, handle on it. 
and he walks over to the serving center again and he grabs as many paper cups as the water cups as he can he throws it in the bag he grabs all the napkins throws it in the bag throws all the sugars all the every kind of utensil throws the entire station into the bag and then walks off uh-huh yeah good for him good for him it's economical well i was going to say something but i wanted his seat so i wanted to make sure he left before i took the seat <laughs> there was not that many seats there, you know. Oh, you are self-motivated. Look at this. Oh, it's her poetry book. She left the po. Yeah. Oh my God, Eric Roberts is coming. I better leave my poetry book in the toilet. Exactly. Oh, there she is. Now this is she's doing this all the time. She just does art and poems. Oh, hey. I'm Big Brother. I'm going to throw an anvil at you. <laughs> this is the dumbest scene ever, and I really have to uh, have tell sound. Melissa Painter she wrote a horrible thing. Oh. What Callie's doing is going around interviewing with the picture. Have you seen this woman? Now, this guy looks famous to me. He definitely looks like a San Francisco desident. It's like a cameo, I think, but the internet wouldn't tell me who he is. Thanks. I'm sure he's a neighborhood guy. Look at that. Like This was the area in the Phantom Toll Bruce. The kid would walk around. It's a cool area, right? I mean, is that that's when yes. you're in San Francisco, we'll walk around here and laugh and. Uh, oh, know. it'd be fun if you took me to this bookstore and to that cafe. Yeah, let's do it. We'll do. We'll and to photos. that house, so I have the address. This house there, look how cool. That's where uh, the kid from Phantom told me. To now this is Eric Roberts. We all know him, Mister Famous. And what's not fair is. He was in so many movies and had such a career before Julia Roberts, and he's known as Julia Roberts' brother. Well, <laughs> Poor right, guy. Right now, he's known as holding a. Uh, it looks like he has a phone book on his head, like a wet. And like, <laughs> like, can we talk about his hair? That's not even yeah, real. Like, like, even the two pay guys are like, yeah, no one's gonna buy this. It's 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 a '70s haircut in '85, but really, it's '99. Yeah, it's. But do you think it's his real hair? It's creeping me out. Yeah, it is his real hair. I think so. I don't know. That's now I first fell uh, in love with him in Pope of Greenwich Village. Oh yeah, he's perfect. <coughs> well, another great film he was of his. Great. And I know that uh, John Voight is like you know, per, as an actor, he's great. But have you seen yeah. the Runaway Train? Runaway Train from the '85. No. Fucking amazing. Movie. No, but the internet talks about it like it, he he won awards for that. Yeah, no, both him and Void are fantastic. Well, it's they're prisoners in uh, in in Alaska, and they escape their 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 prison, and they hop on a train just when the train conductor gets a fucking heart attack, and the train's out of control. It's a runaway train, and that's the movie, and it's fucking great, you know. And he's mm -hmm. they're both terrific in it. Okay, you suggest I get it. Yeah, I definitely, I would, okay. I would look for that one. It's a Golden Globe film. Putting it in Netflix queue. Yeah, it might be in there. I also liked Eric Roberts in The Dark Knight, but I think I just love that film. So oh, he was good in When I was night. looking up Eric Roberts, I just noticed in 2019, he was in 22 films. I was like, what? Yeah. So then I started inspecting the titles, and they are all like straight to video, straight to... Who was he with in Pope of Greenwich Village? Oh, Treat Williams? No. No, I'm thinking of the... You know, the the movie star. Oh, the, his, uh, his, yeah. The one who was in love with Daryl Hannah. The, oh. Mickey uh, Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the films was Mickey Rourke. But, I mean, he was in 22 films. You never, okay, 
This guy is poet laureate of the United States. He's talking about uh, wildflowers. This guy sitting down next to Daryl Hannah right now. Yeah. He His name is him. Robert Half, and ninety-five to ninety-seven, he was poet laureate for realsies. For realsies, and they are the the Daryl Hannah poems in this thing really were written by him. Interesting. It's kind of like a reverse Big Eyes. Right. So then I checked out uh, Eric Roberts' films in 2018, and in 2018 he was in 18 films. And what were the titles? All bullshit. <laughs> he did a, a recent and, one called a, a Talking Cat with a question mark like and exclamation. Yeah. But, uh, also, he was in Human Centipede Three. Do you know? You know. <laughs> he, Why is he just taking any role? Why? I saw him in this uh, IFC, the cable channel, had a limited series called, I think, Bullet in the Head. And it was basically the creator of Sledgehammer doing an uptake of his humor. Uh huh. And Eric Roberts was in it, and he was phenomenal in it. But it was one of those performances where you're like, what the fuck? Like, I know. Yeah. Why is he doing it? Yeah. So I kept looking. In 2017, he was in 18 films. Well, wow, that's pretty good. Well, like, what were the titles? Like, uh, uh, Supermarket Chicken. The French Guy Who Met That Sister. And there was Sally Who Ate the Lunch. And there was nothing. It was just... Hey, hey, Sally That Ate Her Lunch. That's a good movie. <laughs> right that so time. now it's like, I want to find him and say, look, I'm doing this thing called Waterman. Uh, I was yeah, sure I'll do it. He'll do it. If you give him, like, some money, he'll do it. Yeah, here's yeah. 500 bucks. You have to be, like, at least professional enough, you know. <laughs> you know, this is on you, not Eric. <clears throat> well, all these films, you click on the links, and um, they're for real. I mean, you know, they're they, they're funded, and I'm sure he got paid 100 grand. And well, what do you think about this video. film? This film is 1999. I never heard of it in my life. I just saw Listen to the Video Hound as a movie from San Francisco, and I said, oh, we just got to watch it. And I have a hatred of 1999. I love the book, The Best Movie Year <laughs> Ever. It's true. The best movies came from that decade. I felt that way 21 years ago. But also the worst movies come from 1999, too. So we have to celebrate both. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's an Oscar Razzie's thing. It's an Oscar Razzie thing. Like, yeah, the former did come, former did come out then, but also Wildflowers. So I had intended to do almost no research on uh, uh, Eric Roberts because we know him so well. Right. But this intrigued me. So it started in 2009. In 2009, he was in 10 films. Before that, he's like in one a year. From 2009 up until current, until 2019, he's in just whatever. Just if you'll pay me, I'll be in your film. All right. He might be trying to like. Uh, you know, hoard, like, get some money going. I don't well, know. Also, I think he might be in demand. I mean, I think, like, if I have a project and I can get uh, Eric Roberts in there, I can get funding. So I'll get Eric Roberts That in could there. be and part I, of it, too, yeah. I mean, he's an actor and he's working. So he's, you know, it's not like he's not doing his trade, his job, and act. You know, and we all know him in these phenomenal roles. So, and I don't think he's Okay, so Callie met. Daryl Hannah returning the cat, but for some reason she didn't give the book back. I think that's her ace in the hole. So now she has rudely, uninvited, walked into the poet laureate's house where Daryl <laughs> hey, lives. And he's there in bed. Who dare yeah. disturbs my master, thine masturbation? He goes, who, who are you? And 
she goes, I'm Callie. This belongs to uh, Sabine. That's Daryl's Hannah's. Okay, now she's getting friendly with Eric. They both know each other. So wait, is Eric her dad and she and Daryl's no. her mom? But but Daryl, should I ruin it? I'm going to ruin it. I, there's, there's no plot otherwise. What's okay. the plot, Carl? There for no reason at all. No reason at all. No reason. Callie suspects that Daryl Hannah is her mom, and she's right. Yay. Well, you know, the Bay Area is such a small part, a small town that we, we keep bumping into our biological parents all the time. I would think there'd be no children because it's the gay area. Well, there are. You know, you know, the, the story is that there's more dogs in San Francisco than children. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Even the puppies outcount yeah. the children. So um, we're going to find out, or maybe we just did find out, that uh, Eric uh, Roberts is the, her name, his name's Jacob, by the way, is the former lover of Sabine, Daryl Hannah. And she, like, left him high and dry in Mexico. Okay, so Callie comes home to find her father being a carpenter on the houseboat while it's dark out. Just another quirky thing about this yeah. ne'er-to-do-well loser dad. In a neighborhood of ne'er do well loser dads, right? Stop yeah. banging 10 p.m. I'm trying to bang here too. <laughs> <laughs> How yeah, right. Some well, next door with your all that incessant nighttime banging. <laughs> Listen, if you want to bang something, bang someone, you idiot. <laughs> Play some music. Okay, so now they're doing a little more poetry because he likes loves her poetry, but the truth is he loves his own poetry. Right. And. Oh, this isn't the scene. There's a scene in which he goes to kiss her, and maybe this is the scene, and she just rejects him. And so we find out she does not sleep with him, even though he loves her, he's given her the house, he's chronically ill and is leaving it to her. He's playing a different character than the actual Poet Laureate, or is he playing himself? All right. Now look, they go to... You wanted to kiss me. Thy are denied. Thy request denied. Deny. Oh, Rose, thou art sick. Just but I mean, they were never lovers. It's 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 a weird thing. Like obviously he wants to be, and she doesn't. But she'll take all this stuff. I don't right. know. It's, it's it's a weird. Is it? Then it's like. <clears throat> Big Brother goes, Callie, here's a note for Big you. Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I used to, like, too bad the city you can't afford to live here anymore. But those cafes are fun. They're just nice to sit down and you don't have to drink booze. Mm-hmm. And the espressos are good. Like, that that cafe itself is, like, probably the best in America. So I'm happy to see it represent. Hey, where did that poet go? It's an empty bed, isn't it? What does oh, that mean? What does that mean? And he's doing pills, crushing them. He OD'd? Now, we go to find Sabine. Now, it's a very good thing that you have the movie on mute, because I hate the way Daryl Hannah sounds. Oh, gee whiz, my dad play it. Yeah, throw me a softball. <laughs> it's just the worst acting I've ever seen. I'm going crazy! I'm going crazy! 
she does good acting in this film, but this is not the scene. Now, this is Melissa Painter. She wanted to write, this is her words. I wanted to write a piece about children in the 60s and look at the ramifications of kids who were raised by hippie parents. Like you. The permutations of families that were happening where I was growing up was fascinating. There were a lot of exciting innovations in relationships that were really different from those of a generation ago. I guess. I don't know. And then she says, like Callie, we all try to pick our parents at various points in our lives, especially when we're teenagers. I wanted the film to have a homemade texture, feel dreamlike and ephemeral, like a girl's diary. Ephemeral. Like the... Uh, ephemeral. Like ephedrine, the, the pills I take? Like that, that's, mm-hmm. that's where it comes from. <laughs> well, I think she did it. It does have that... I don't, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I think she was successful. It's, it's a well-directed movie. I mean, look at these shots she's doing. The shots of the windows, and this reflecting that it's grounded in the, in the county. Yeah. It's definitely like... I don't think she's a bad director. Maybe you're right, right about the screenplay. It might be... A, but well, I mean, uh, for what it is, it there were mistakes in the screenplay, but there's always mistakes in the screenplay. I think she did yeah. a good job. Um, yeah. The cinematographer was Paul Ryan, who did um, well. He did Box of Moonlight, but he was part of he was second unit on a river run through it. Wow. So she's got some people yeah. with creds here. Well, it's strange that Popcorn Flicks, the channel YouTube channel that we're watching this movies on. They have a bunch of film. There's one film that I, I don't necessarily want to riff on, but I would like to yeah. recommend is another San Francisco movie that was written and directed by Benjamin Bratt and his brother, uh, the actor. It's called The Mission. I think La Mission. And it's about the Mission District. It's about a family uh-huh. that grew up in the Mission District. And the father and the father realizes that his adult son is gay. And they okay. Did, they did this movie like maybe 10, 15 years ago. I played at the Roxy here in the Mission District. Uh, uh, premiered there and I just never had a chance to see it and I'm actually going to probably watch it in the next couple of days uh, just to check it out I don't really want to riff that movie as it seems but it definitely if you're interested in in the San Francisco movies or if you yeah love with Benjamin Bratt maybe as much as he is of himself uh, <laughs> I can't say a bad thing I always felt like I had to say a bad thing about it right I'm promoting his movie and then I had to shit out his bed <laughs> but yeah it's so popcorn. now they're yeah well I didn't interrupt for any good reason I mean they're mourning right now she's mourning she's apparently um, he instead of die of the chronic disease he killed himself I think it's implied she says stuff like people can't tell him how to die He's chose his own way or something like that. Let me get this know. right. He kisses her. She rebuffs. She says, no, we're not like that. And then he, the next day she's like, oh, my God, she, he committed suicide because of cancer. Right. Not because of me. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. Now, this premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, but something weird. It says, having been incubated in the Sundance Screenwriting Lab. So, right. so you, what is that? So that's a famous uh, workshop that the Sundance Institute, not only do they have this festival, uh, not only do they have their own cable channel and they own movie theaters, they still do. I think there's still a Sundance movie theater in the Kabuki uh-huh. and, and here in San Francisco. Anyway, it's uh, 
it's an opportunity to get young uh, screenwriters and playwrights to try out their material. And probably the most famous instance was Reservoir Dogs was part of that workshop, and they, he was able mm-hmm. to work it out and uh, have actors try, uh, perform his pieces. So it probably went through that kind of rigmarole. Uh, gotcha. So they probably got sponsorship, and they probably flew out there, and they they worked hashed out the the, the screenplay with the actors and you know director and stuff like that. So basically, what's happening here is they're getting close, getting close as friends. I mean, there was a tragedy. Uh, she's asking questions about her life. He's at. She's asking questions about her life. You know, and do you sleep writer. with a lot of people? What do you mean by a lot? What does it mean a lot? You know, he he he. And there, <laughs> <laughs> she's going to reveal how she's really in love with Graham, and Graham won't be the, her boyfriend because of age and. Is this what you think like mom daughter talk conversations are like? Like you, they're not like, mom and daughter right now. Oh, they're just like <clears throat> that they know of. They're yeah. just becoming friends. It's crazy the age difference, but Well now she's talking about her mom and why how she ran away and stuff. And Daryl Hannah is oblivious that she is the mom at this point. Really? She's not like yeah. let me see. Anyway. She went off to make the movie Splash. Oh, all right. And then she uh, she dated Jackson Brown. Oh, sounds interesting. What a coincidence. <laughs> she married Neil Young. She married Neil Young. Huh, well, so did I. Gosh, Neil never uh-huh. told me that. What a coincidence this woman's life is. <laughs> Have you ever seen Legal Eagles where Daryl Hannah played a performance artist from New York, downtown New York City? Legal Eagles. I don't remember the film. I did see it. Yeah, that's well, that's about right. You gave a good summary. You did see it and you don't remember it. But I did see it. My mom was in a movie called Splash. I was in Splash. What part did she play? Because I probably saw her on the set. (laughs) Oh, I don't know the character Murr or that she would have a maid, but I played the mermaid. She was the love interest of Tom Hanks. Oh, believe me, everybody was, child. (laughs) (laughs) Um, By the way, I want you to know that this film had a limited theatrical release in in the United States, and it made a gross total of $5,000. Yeah, that's what I figured. (laughs) It looks like a a studio, like a, a festival film. Like, I'm glad that Mary Painter had had a chance to make this movie, and that I'll, I'll check out another film of hers, but... It definitely didn't well, I think you can only check out a movie called Steal Me in 2005. It also claims that she did a movie called Clean Shaven in 93. Huh. But if this was her directorial debut in 99, I don't follow. Well, this but movie could have been on the got. shelf. Maybe it was on the shelf. They literally put it on a shelf. It must have been on and the shelf. And then came out. Yeah, after the success of Clean Shaven, they said, do you have any painter? Well, we got what's in that? What's on the shelf? So hang on, I was going to get to the shelves. As you know, Wildflowers has been on the shelf. Get it off the shelf. That's how they talk in Hollywood. Okay, now since he's died, she is out okay. of here. Now, once again, she he left her the house and everything he owned, so that she would stay in San Francisco. So what does she do? I'm leaving. She, this is San Francisco, this fucking apartment? Fuck. 
First off, it does not look like this that. is that Mission Street. Uh, excuse me, Folsom Street address. Uh, oh wow, three three four zero Folsom Street. Well, I lived in the seventeen hundred. Full. I lived next. To, I lived in like seventeen hundred block. I think it was. I think it was seventeen hundred. It was next to the uh, supermarket, Rainbow Foods. So yeah, she's. Kinda... I don't know. I remember going to visit you on Folsom Street. It was right by the highway. Yeah, that's right. We were under the freeway. Right. It was the time of the Chinese um, Olympics. Oh, oh yeah, that's correct. That's right. The Olympics were. Uh, it must have been an even year, maybe a year divisible by four. Uh, yeah, Folsom down there. So I think if it was three thousand, it was probably kind of closer to where we are now, or even farther out in the mission mm-hmm. when the Folsom goes into mission. Because I lived on what they called the intermission corridor because we were on the border of Mission and Soma. But enough about me. Anyway, if you like to. That's know, when the city took a break. Uh. The city's intermission. The intermission, not the intermission. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, like we're doing our city. We got our city. Oh, wait, let's take an intermission. Take an intermission right here. More city. More city. Well, they, we were on 13th. You know, you ever notice the cities, there's, or there's never a 13th Avenue or 13th Street. They always have to name it. Like here, this Funston instead of 13th Ave. And for 13th Street, it's Division. We, we have a we have a 13th Street. The the Cat Club is on the 13th Street. Uh, it's very short. Um, it 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 goes from Broadway to. So New York City didn't check it. Oh, there's City Lights. All right, there's the bookstore. Yeah, we'll go there. Yeah, this is City Lights bookstore. That's right, and it's prominent throughout this thing. Now she's. Looking at it, and then she sees Robert Hass, the poet laureate who died, and she gets all sad. Look at the streets, how clean they are in comparison. This is like the 90s, right? This is, you can see. Oh, the Mike streets are not clean right now? Whatever. The streets are the same. It's just oh. probably more human excrement, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, look, keep a lookout for young Mike Spiegelman, okay? This movie was shot in 97, 98. I'm walking around yeah. here. Up oh, there's, there's oh, the one. Gosh. I'm, I'm acting that I'm grieving. Oh, the poet laureate's dead. No, he's playing someone. Look at that behind him. I think that was still a fast food restaurant. I think it was still Carl's Jr. Now she's like she's all sorts of poor, but maybe she got his money because suddenly she can do things like go to a restaurant and not steal the bread. Well, she's dressed as Cleopatra, so maybe she got the Cleopatra special discount. <laughs> The asps, the little <coughs> armbands. That's pretty cool. Now she's like getting, asking Callie stuff like, tell me a secret. What was your dream last night? She's like really getting girly with her. Sassy magazine. That was popular back then. Uh, you know, oh, look at this North Beach again. What are you doing? Racing you. What are you doing? Running. She brought back look at that. Age. Look, they have the the Bay Guardian, the alternative newspaper that folded. Oh, they still have the, the newspaper boxes. Oh, there. it folded? That makes sense, but... Yeah, well, it was, a, it was a long... Like, it was one of the first original independent weeklies, and uh, the, the publisher himself was a kind of a character. And uh, when New Times started buying out, like, uh, uh, weeklies in, in the area, they had bought out the SF mm-hmm. Weekly... And ultimately, SF Weekly, uh, the Bay Guardian uh, folded, and now the Weekly is the only paper, the only weekly paper. Whatever. I'm t- I don't want to talk about newspapers. 
Yeah, it's bummer. It's a depressing. I talked uh, a lot about the Sunday paper. Which, yeah, they used to be the times, man. Those were the times. Those were the times, literally. Yeah. No, but it used to be that it was the paper against the government. Like, they're up to something. We know it. You know, oh, like the Village Voice. And, What's the deal with the Village Voice back in their heyday? It was free in, in New York City, but if you lived in New Jersey, you had to pay like a dollar. You had to pay for it. That's yeah, right. right. You had to go in the city to get it for free because I live in the city. Well, in the city, they basically funded themselves by uh, ads, and they thought, let's be about the community. Like, we're a community paper, so it should be, you know, it's a way to get circulation to be right. serious. And then advertisers... But then it became trendy and hip, and they said, look, if you're in Jersey, you can't just have this. You're not part of the village. So Right, yeah, you're not part of Maybe on the weekends you go down there. Wow, we're playing Skip Rocky. <laughs> See, this is what the beach looks like. No one hangs. They're wearing clothes. So now That's the friends are pressuring her, like, why are you hanging out with this mystery woman all the time? What's so great about her, you know? So she thinks it's her mom? She does. Huh. Well, she's in but luck. it kind of doesn't make sense that she does. Like she saw her dance and was obsessed with her. It doesn't follow. And I wish Madame Painter was here to explain to us because but now there's going to be coming up a scene in which she does all this investigation well, 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 and real she's full vacuum nudity. Full vacuum nudity. Wow. She just saw her mom topless. Samantha B. Full vacuum nudity. <laughs> full vacuum. We did see full back on dimples at all. Talk about the dimples. Oh, yeah. Man, 90s phone booth from the San Francisco Bay Area. I think she's at the well, Ocean now, Beach, right? This this kind of looks less Marini. I, I would keep imagining they're out of Marin. Now, look, you see the guy talking to Eric Roberts? He was that person they interviewed before. Yeah. I'm pretty sure but that's what he's I'm saying. a famous those, person. Those cafes always have guys that look like that. Look at that. She's got herself a big old espresso uh, cappuccino mug. So the bo- the friends from her childhood come. And they see, like, old Eric And then they Roberts. leave. Yeah. Forget so it. So the we'll director's to... trying to say, old life, new life, and there's a schism. Uh, she keeps on trying to bump into Daryl Hannah, Sabine, and get to know her, and I don't know. It's weird because it's not written well because Okay, She's Sabine says, yes, you can come see me. They were on the payphone. And then she just fucking forgets. And so Claire, go, uh, go, Callie goes on her own and finds her burning uh, the Poet Laureate's old poem. Whoa, that's rad. Callie, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's the kind of mom she is. But she isn't a mom, but that's the kind of mom she is. Hippy dippy. It's all about me, not about you. Me generation, not the you generation. Yeah, I remember all this. This is a nice place they got. The directing is great. The writing is not 100% perfect. Right. You know, like, she put her, she put Callie in that unattractive, closed, cold coat. I don't know. I, I think that Melissa Painter did a great job and a bad job, both at the same time. I think I want to focus on what she did right. Yeah, no, um, I mean, like, I, I'm going to go see uh, Shave Me and Clean Save. Clean save, Shaven and. Save where Me. Where is it? Steal Me, 2005. Steal me. Clean, but the thing steal is, Mike, I'm saying that. You're just saying this because you're nice. 
And she always wanted to say nice things. Oh. I'm saying it for legitimate reasons. She did a bad <laughs> job writing this thing and a good job directing it. All right. Well, there you go. And this kid is like 18 <laughs> and she's been boozing enough the whole movie, right? She's 21, right? She is not 21. She's a teenager. So she's, uh, Callie. She, she had a beer already. And now she's having like white wine with friends. Well, let's be. This is United States. Of course, you're drinking underage. Of course. I mean, it's. Yeah, but not with like slime slimos like these guys, old guys. She is not twenty one, but she's definitely is this a how fully experienced seventeen year old. Yeah, I keep forgetting this movie takes place in nineteen eighty five because they're all dressed like right. nineteen ninety seven. Uh, it's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. This movie's supposed to take place in eighty five, so that twenty, so that it, so that the sixties wasn't so long ago. Right. And that your your daughter can find you, right? Now, now the guys who are here were friends of the poet laureate, and they are very mad that she wants to leave, and they want to take his private writings, his letters, and publish them. But she burnt them because the poet laureate said that those were private, not public, and so they're uh, mad at her, and they're going to uh, have a blow up fight. Well, let's reenact it so we don't have to perform. Uh, you don't I'm have to. Here it is. He's bur- acting it right now. Get me Melissa I'm McCarthy. I'm smashing the plate. Melissa, it's me, Daryl. Can you uh, counterfeit forge uh, private letters from the Poet Laureate? <laughs> yes, but can you ever forgive me? I don't care. Come on over. I have a typewriter. It's on the table where I talk to my daughter. Remember the typewriter? The typewriter was like yes. minutes in that scene. I was about to say something. I, it was Tom Hanks who left it there. In 99, they still had typewriters too. So. I know. It's a generational thing. That was it. That was the last time you saw one. And then Tom Hanks. So now Callie is letting that person she just met tonight have sex with her. But Dar- And yeah. Daryl Hannah will reject her partner. E. She'll start crying. So we would he left she let he left or he had she had sex? Well yeah, she yeah. Uh they split up and they each were going to have sex with their these strangers. They're not strangers to to uh Sabine. And nor are they strangers to the uh poet community. Right, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Callie said, Oh, you wanna do it? Okay. And then Sabine said, Oh, you wanna do it? Let me cry because I'm in grief. But then Callie's guy says, "I gotta go." My, I'm, I'm. Uh, yes, actually. And now, this one goes. I don't know what happened. She just started leaving, and Callie's like, "I think you better go," as if he did something wrong. Like maybe he did. He, what did he do wrong? I don't know. I wasn't there. But you know that he did something wrong because that's oh, like because he's crying on the floor. If it involves sex, if listen, it involves if a woman, leave, listen, the guy yes, is in yes. the wrong. I'm a white knight when it comes to Daryl Hannah. If you leave Daryl Hannah crying <laughs> on the ground, it's a, but he didn't. He, you saw it on the screen. He was getting there. They were kissing. They were about to get busy, and then Daryl Hannah started crying well, hysterically. So he, what did that gentleman do? He got up and he put his shirt on and he walked out. He yeah. did exactly what Mike Spiegelman says he should do. You should not talk to her. Don't acknowledge her. Walk out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's there, there, mom. Oops. There, there, mom. Sir. Wow. At some point, Daryl Hannah does 
think maybe I am her mother, but we don't know when she reports it to us. Oh, look, look, look what's behind it. off the picture. (gasps) It's a picture of her, right? With a baby. (gasps) This is it. This is the moment. She's got a baby. Wow. See what happens when you spend the night? Well, this happens many, many times throughout the film. She, Callie's like, I'll get you coffee, you know, while she's doing something creative. Yeah. And she is this sort is, of interrupted uh, in a positive way by... I just... I just uh... As someone who lived on Folsom Street, I'm just amazed by this house in the middle of the city then. Like I said, I went to Google Maps yeah. and I did the street view and I did the aerial, the satellite. Yeah. And it's hiding. It's like a, a like a courtyard. All right. You know what? Hiding in the I'm center gonna, of the block. I'm going to Google Map too. What's the street address okay. again for one more time? 3340 Folsom Street. All right. <coughs> You've only told me this like a hundred times, and now on this show, That's I'm, okay. I'm asking for it again. Thirty-three forty, Folsom. All right, we are down. Oh yeah, this is like in the fun part of the mission. It's kind of yeah, Pernal Heights. Yeah, I know this area. Wow. Now, if you satellite it and zoom in, you'll see a bunch of trees block it, but it's a courtyard. Right. Well, you know that's because there's hippie fugitives hiding under those trees. Uh-huh, hippie fugitives. In her research, she will find that they were part of the radical group blow em up people. Which stood for uh, uh, Bureau of Low-Balling Unified <laughs> Electric. Oh, fuck it. We're going to blow you up. Wow, all right. Now, Clea Duval, she was in the faculty. She's all that. Yeah. But I'm She's a cheerleader. That. Girl interrupted. Yeah. Identity. Okay, she was also in this film called Twenty One Grams that I just saw. Oh, is that the one Will Penn? Oh yeah. Wait, that's one Sean Penn. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, directed by a famous uh, international director. Well, I got to tell you, the movie was half good and half bad. You know, um, isn't that like uh, you? You find yourself watching it, but it's it's multiple storylines, right? It takes place in the same time in different parts of the world. Is it the film I'm thinking of? No, no. This film, um, some guy. Sean Penn is really sick, so he gets a heart transplant. And whose heart does he get? Whose? But the husband. Yes. Of this main character, who's I know her, I see her face, I can't remember her name, and there is a famous Latino actor who you would know who was in traffic, who was in Oh uh, he's a really good actor. Yeah, he accidentally hits the husband. Okay? So the three of them, the Sean Penn who gets the heart, the husband who died's wife, and the very religious Hispanic guy who made a mistake and hit the and did a hit and run by the way. Their lives intertwine. Sean Penn sort of makes that happen. Um, I've seen this movie. It was an interesting film. I've seen this film. movie. I've seen it like years ago, but I remember this film. Yeah, it's like it takes forever. 
This okay, is, they're yeah. doing, yeah, it's a very long film. They're doing, she's doing the research right now. She's seen Daryl Hannah with, here she is kissing Eric Roberts, but their faces are concealed. She sees Daryl Hannah breastfeeding. She sees people getting arrested. She's basically putting two and two together that she must have run because she was in trouble with the law and I forgive my mom kind of thing. Wow, that's interesting. And now they're, uh, where is she now? Okay, she's back sort of at the Friends of Wade, her father. This is Martha. Her name is uh, Sheila Tusi, and she's a Native American actress. She was in many, many Native American roles, but we would know her from Thunderheart in 92. Oh, the with, uh, um, Clint Eastwood? With Top Secret Guy, with... Uh, Val Kilmer. With oh, I've seen that Val movie. Kilmer. Yeah, yeah, Thunderheart, I saw that movie. Yeah, it's a good film. And she also did appearances in Law & Order nowadays, but back in the day, she was primarily doing Native American films. Huh. Well, here's one film where she's just hanging out. Well, she is Callie's research tool because she personally... Look at Callie's feet on the bed. That is fucked up. Get your sneakers <laughs> off the me. bed. I just burnt myself. I know as a dad, I would just get a fucking flush. What are you so doing? She is, she is the... Uh, who knew the mother very, very well. And there was a poet on the boat and he used to get drunk and throw things off of the boat. And then when Daryl Hannah cheated on him, she threw Daryl Hannah over the boat. Which we're Did watching. You see it just then? Yeah, that's a flashback, right? Or no, no, it's right. A, it's a she's telling the story, but and the flashback is happening. Right, and she's pregnant at the time. Uh, well, they gotta go. So, what does Callie do? She goes up on the boat. Yes, and she jumps off. You'll see that it's. That's a callback because she did that before she was born. Like I'm going to do just what my mother did. Well, she get was thrown off a boat. Her mom was pregnant with her, right? So technically, it's not the first time she got thrown off that boat. I guess you're right, but oh. we don't know what stage she was in. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Because I know, Michael, you believe life starts at conception. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. So now she's talking about how weird they were anarchists, how they were all in trouble, and the mother left, and basically Callie was raised by the commune and Wade, the father. Oh, what? Oh, she was a commune kid? Wow. Now that's she was a commune kid, that's right. Well, which explains why she like hangs out with 15 people in her room. It's just so it feels like home. Hey, Callie, Callie. Hey, Callie. Okay, now... This is where she babysits, and that is the lead singer of X, who's oh. settled down and had children. Right. I remember him from like an hour ago. <laughs> well, he shaved, right? No, no, that was Wade from the beginning. The one with the mustache. He was in Roadhouse with uh, yeah. Patrick Swayze. Oh, no, John, John Doe is like an actor who like acts. I mean, he's in all this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boogie Nights, The Outsiders, yeah. Broken Down Palace. Yeah, these are all fucking big movies. Yeah. Broken Down Palace. I haven't thought of that film in a while. Now, now Wade, Callie's father, his name is Thomas Arana. And like I said before, he's been in a million films and you still don't know him. Right. 
Um, he was in Hunt for Red October, The Bodyguard, L.A. Confidential, Gladiator. Huh. You don't know him. Well, he played. It's weird because he played a cop in every single one of those films, including Gladiator. Well, he in The Dark Knight Rises, he's Bruce Wayne's lawyer. All right. He grew up in San Francisco. Well, cool. Which meant they, they probably put a casting call out. Or she said, well, let's shoot this film. Do you know anyone local? Well, yeah, let's go next door and ask him. That's, uh, not yeah. A, yeah. Okay, here's something really interesting that happened to him. He hitchhiked through Europe, and he ended living uh, in Naples, Italy, where he worked with at the famous Lucia Emilio Art Gallery. And he worked with such artists, and they give a big list. But then Andy Warhol painted his portrait. Wow. Yeah. Well, so basically, what happened now is that we're having a a, a fight. Uninvited, he comes to the place where she babysits to offer him a ride home, and um, you know John Doe is like, "Come on in, have some cake," and Callie's like, "No, we really have to go." And you see how the director once again puts her in that coat that makes her guarded and cold, and he's basically saying she he's, she's saying. You don't know anything about my life. And he's like, well, that's because you don't let me in. And basically, he's it's just getting rejected. Like, I don't like my dad anymore. I like my mom. Right. That's now that she's got her mom. Gotcha. Here we go. The old boathouse. I mean, this is boat now she's right. going to throw herself into the bay so from, th- like her mother felt. So when her mother fell 15 years ago, the boat wasn't docked, right? Yeah, it was. Interesting. Same boat. There she goes. Ugh, into this water. Gross. Yeah. Fucking dude, you don't know what's in that goddamn water. Now, Wade, the father, right? He was the would-be killer in The Bodyguard with Whitney Houston. Yeah, I haven't seen it. He was the man in the tan coat in Limitless. I mean, he's been oh. in serious wait, films wait, wait. As, as... Did you say gray coat you, or tan you, coat? Uh, it's a tan coat. Yeah, I remember The guy who was always trying to kill the Limitless guy. Yeah, the Limitless guy. I love that Limitless. Movie. Limitless. The Limitless guy. He takes oh, a pill and he's like, he's like right, whoa, yes, everything's yes. Limitless. You, do you remember there was a man who was always trying to kill him? Well, I remember a guy in a tan coat. Yeah, yeah, see, that, that's, hey, yeah, that's we, him. We should know this guy, all the movies he's done, and it's major roles, and we still don't know him. We don't know his face, and we don't know his name. Why? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so in the moment. I'm like, limitless guy. You got to go. <laughs> he was one of the sen- uh, senators and gladiator. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's just a he guy. He was in defiance. He was in the second Born, you know, uh, the Born Identity. He was in that Born series. Oh, oh yeah. Wait, there was the Born uh, Identity, Born Ultimatum. That Born one, I guess. I know. The second yeah, one. Life in the nineties. Yeah. It we should looks... know him. He was the Cree ambassador in Guardians of the Galaxy. Why Dude, don't we know I this guy? I don't know this guy. Look at this in the newspaper and checking it out. Yeah, it's yeah. more research about mom. Hey, this is not a reading library, okay? You gotta buy something here. Go pick up a zine from this 90s while you're here. Get a Zima? Oh, they've changed it a little bit. The basement's a little bit been updated. You know, that's funny. That was, it, you were making this joke about, in the year 2000, you were making this joke about late 90s um, nostalgia. And you brought up the Zima and everybody yeah. laughed. 
But you couldn't do that joke today, right? No one remember. No, some people say, yeah, I remember the 90s. I was unemployed and drinking Zima. That was my well, what was trendy about 2019? Maybe we can make that oh, joke yeah. again. Oh, well. I mean, pop sockets? Pops, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, On the uh, back of phones? I was unemployed and drinking $5 Zimas. Look at this. We'll so cap- they're doing the same thing again. Like, why have you rejected us for this new person? We represent your old life. Come on, Callie. I don't like her. What I know about her, I don't like. I love this, like, drama right there in the North Beach alleyways. Right in where Car- Car- Carmen Diaz. Cameron, well, no, that was, uh, that was similar. That was nearby there, like like half a block from there where Cameron Diaz. Uh, oh, Sophie's dead. Sophie's dead? Also, Carl, who's Sophie? I don't know, man. Um, she's dead. You guys don't get me. You can't hurt me. Yeah, what else? All right, so tell us about yourself. Look at this. It's so pretty, the area. Burning so now lights. she comes and she's sort of, I don't know why she always is still stalking Ka- uh, Sabine. I don't, I don't know because why Sabine is still has invited packing. into Sabine's life. So why can't she just walk right up? Sabine's been packing to leave this fucking house since 440 yeah. minutes now. That's right. She was putting her lingerie into the suitcase and now she's putting books into the suitcase. Doesn't make any sense. Now look, Callie will freak out and smash up. That's very male of you. Hey, if you have a backyard with backyard furniture in San Francisco, fuck you. Okay, now Callie decides, I know what. I will approach Sabine through her ex-lover. Oh my God, Eric Roberts put on a shirt. Yeah, well, Eric Roberts will take a shirt off and he is very well... uh, He's fit. He's very fit. Well, now, is he now look fit how fast mind? Cowley moves. Whoa, right in there. Yeah, hey, whoa, whoa. And Eric Roberts is like, whoa. Yeah. And he goes, I thought you people believed in free love. And he goes, I think you're going very fast and you don't know where you're going, young lady. Now, is Eric Roberts' daughter Emma Roberts the actress who is in I don't the, know. All right, just saying. She's playing Nancy Drew in a movie. If I was Eric Roberts and I had a kid, I'd name him Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be an asshole. Just to be a jerk. Bob. Your name is we'll Bob. call you, yeah. Yeah, Bob. Like the we'll movie. call you Robbie yes, Roberts. like the movie. Robert Roberts. <laughs> and here's your host for the open mic, Robert Roberts. Ta-da. Okay, so, um, um, Melissa Painter is speaking about casting Duval, and she knew she made the right decision, she says. She takes her craft very seriously. When she came to be an audition, she said, this is me. And before I go on, Mike, of course, if you're in an audition, you would say to the person who is casting, this is me. But, duh. Well, that's, that's um, how I got the role in Sonic the Hedgehog. He said, this is me. Yeah. I almost got uh, being John Malkovich because of that. I was, But in the end, I just wasn't yeah, John Malkovich. They, they didn't feel so, like... <laughs> to help Duvall further, Painter encouraged her to view documentaries, examine photographs, and read books from the period to fully grasp the complexities of such experience. 
once again, you know, encouraged. I'm sure that Claire Duvall was like, yes, I'll do that, sure. I'm sure she did. I mean, like, I don't know how much <laughs> they got paid for this movie, but, you know, it's under company time. Let's see, it's 99, so what was she in? In 98, she was in The Faculty. In 99, she was in Girl Interrupted. So, yeah, yeah she didn't need movie. to do this film. Well, no, it's a good film. I mean, films like this are not common. They don't have movies about girls looking for their moms and, like, you know, right. uh, and some kind of neighborhood thing. Yeah, so it's a she must age have film. wanted to do this film. She was in Argo in 2012. I don't remember as what, but I like that film, Argo. Uh, yeah, well, I have to see Argo. I haven't seen it. Ew, Eric Roberts, gross. Is there any kissing noises in that one? Well, the thing is, he takes off his shirt and he's very fit. So gross isn't. Now here's the thing I gotta ask you: Is he like built like a '90s bodybuilder or '80s bodybuilder? Ew! Look at that. I man. don't know what's the difference. You weren't well. We'll have to watch the movie Hot Moves again, where they go to Venice Beach and look at the Muscle Beach guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That okay, 80, no, that was it's pre-steroids. Pre-steroids. All right. Okay, now it's implied that they did it, and this is after they did it. Oh. Basically, it's asking questions like, "He's very." Funny. How did you break up? What was the story? Wow! Look at that. He, the guy is built. It's like a slab of meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's it's he is uh, actually prettier than Julia Roberts. Oh, he's always, Eric Roberts has always been prettier than Julia Roberts. Yeah, easily, by far. Look at that dimple. That's why you got to watch, like, Bullet in the Head. He just looks amazing. And even in I swear to God, Julia Roberts, you would think her name was Eric. Yeah. Well, they were in a movie together, I think. I forgot what movie it was, but I think her premiere was an Eric Roberts movie. Yeah, Eric Roberts. What was so? What was like a, one of your favorite Eric Roberts movies? Because you you have that list there. I mean, I, um, I would say Runaway Train for me. I guess I guess I have to. I need to see Runaway Train. The Pope of Greenwich Village. They took my son, Charlie. I think that was. I think he was really really good in that. That's film. an amazing movie too. That's just a great yeah. movie. All right, yeah, cool. He doesn't really tweet, that does was he? A good he's, film. he's not like a celebrity crank who like tweets about like politics all the time. Yeah, I want to say that Eric Roberts has in, his integrity, but the thing is, all these movies he's done for the last ten <laughs> years, I don't know, Mike. Oh come on, you gotta like. I mean, we we always like praise Nicolas Cage for just doing whatever films handed to him, and I would say John Stewart, uh, John Cusack, is a professional actor who will appear in whatever film he can be in. And I think it has mm -hmm. to do with the business side. It's like to guarantee this movie to be in any market. Look at that North Beach. Beautiful. Uh, you you need to have like a, a, a John Cusack in there so you can sell it to Italy or what have you. And well, that's a good... Okay, so let's to go there, right? Yeah. Like you said, maybe they hired Eric Roberts just so that the film could get funded. Right. But meanwhile, it's a film you and I never heard of that went straight to video. So We've heard of Eric how Roberts. powerful is Eric Roberts' name? Well, if you're in a hotel and they're showing an Eric Roberts movie, you might watch it. More so than a coming-of-age film about a girl on a uh, houseboat. I guess, yes. I no, but Daryl Hannah's in this, and she oh, certainly yeah. eclipses yeah. him. Yeah, sure. I agree on that. Okay, so now we're going to have the 
Um, I'm I'm leaving home, Dad. Uh, moment right. in which she, she's going all the way, Mom. Right? She wants to leave with Sabine. As you know, Sabine's been packing for the last forty-five minutes to an hour. <laughs> yeah, right. And, <laughs> and so she's so going I. somewhere. To be honest with you, for the last 45 minutes, I've been packing as well. <laughs> I am done with this film, too, and it's just like the fifth time. So, I know But anyway, yeah. I'm committed to this uh, show. I want to I want to tell you the right thing. Um, she, she's decided that she, I forgot my thought. I think I already I was just about to say what I already said. She's going with the mom, even though the mom doesn't know it yet. Well, and then the father says, "You mean there's going to be more room on this boat houseboat?" Woohoo! Well, I got actually, more room. are you looking at the closed captioning? Yeah. Okay, it was her. She was saying, "Like, hey, come on, this will be better for both of us. There'll be more room for you. You don't have yeah. to sleep on the couch." She's like trampling on his feelings, like trying to say, "Like, oh, be selfish. Think of yourself. You, you know." Yeah, you can have a man cave in your houseboat. Yeah, she she's saying we've never related. We were really close when I was a child, but since then we've grown apart. This is the best thing for both of us. He's it's, a, uh, I feel for Wade here. Yeah, she's a city child. <laughs> she's just a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> but, but she is hurting his feelings pretty badly. So that's good writing, right? You don't see movies like that. Uh, if you have to make me say something's good about this writing, then yeah, it's honest. That is something that would happen right. okay. between. <clears throat> and I think that she wrote this from her heart, from her experiences. I think she was probably that a child of hippie parents. Uh -huh. Yeah, and something's going on that's very biographical here. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a child of yuppie parents. And, uh, what? Uh, I'm a, a child of yuppie parents. Oh, yuppie parents, right. Yeah. Okay. No, no, my parents were not yuppies. They were not yuppies. God, old oh, yuppies. Did you hear that 30-something, they're going to do a reboot of 30-something, where they, they bring back <coughs> the, the original characters? I miss 30-something, so... You, oh, because you're the president of their fan club and you miss them so much, or you just never saw it? I don't know what 30-something is. It's a movie. It's a TV show. It was a TV show during the 80s about these yuppies. And uh -huh. uh, it was like three three couples. And it, it, it became a phenomenon for a little bit. It makes sense that I wouldn't watch it, right? Like, right. that's too mainstream. Well, also, it was like, you know, it was aimed for the generation after us. Before us. Excuse me. You know. Yeah. The boat people. The Marin County boat people living who are now in their thirties. Because you were now Daryl Hannah was huge, but at this point in her career, this nineteen ninety nine, it's starting to go away. Well, she was in um, a lot of independent films. I mean, including this one. There it is. There's a. You ever see so I'm now, an ex murderer? The, the <laughs> cafes in, in this alley. For the first time, she's now seeing Eric Roberts. And they're like, it's been a long time. When did you get back from Mexico? <laughs> and she's like, a lot later than you. I had to get out of a Mexican prison. And she's yeah. like, sorry about that. And he's like, since when have you been sorry? So it's bitter. 
Well, wait till he tells her that he slept with his daughter, her daughter. <laughs> That's right. She, actually, Daryl Hannah, I guess, never gets to learn that. Oh, geez, that would have been like the whole point of the movie, right? Your lover sleeps with your daughter that you never knew? Look at that. Ooh, trippy. That was like double exposure. Whoa, what's going on with this movie? It's tripping me out. They do that throughout. <clears throat> okay, now Cavalier's like, listen, I can take you anywhere you want to go. We can go to Mexico. <laughs> We can go, and Daryl Hannah's like, what? Where are we going? Why is, why is a 17-year-old driving a truck? <laughs> she will end up giving that car to Daryl. Oh, well, that's <laughs> nice. Okay, now this is the beginning of a long-ass scene in which finally it comes out. All right, sounds good. So that's the dress that that guy was wearing in the first part of the movie. Yeah, and I personally, we've been complimenting uh, Melissa Painter on her direction, but I think this dress doesn't make sense for Callie, yeah. but okay. Well, it's like, it's a, I guess in 1985, that was the fashion. It's like a vintage, vintage dress. But it's supposed, you see the patches on it, like, yeah. are they trying to say this is homemade? Okay. Here is a picture. It's all of them in the past. You got Eric Roberts, you got Wade, you got Daryl Hannah, and you got a kid. And Daryl Hannah goes, you're mistaken. I don't know who you're talking about. I never had a child. And runs away. Really? She runs. She's a sprinter. Yes, she's a sprinter. Now listen, about me being your mom, well, all I got to say is, where'd you go? Meep, meep. <laughs> trying to avoid a responsibility yeah Callie you got me two tickets for the uh, Maury Povich show that's great <laughs> me me yeah Callie's Callie's getting contraptions from Acme in the mail yeah, got, got mom. two tickets to Maury that's great what's the theme uh, lingerie models. Oh, uh, oh, great. I love lingerie models. I'll go. Sucker. Wait, is Maury the show where they have, are you the f mother? Uh-huh. Okay, I just want to make sure. All right, I'll be there. I, I think Maury Povich is prettier than Eric Roberts. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, it's it's funny you should mention the the Pope of Greenwich Village because Mickey Rourke, jeepers creepers. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. really. Uh, I don't know. Look, you got to say Mickey Rourke like did his own thing. He didn't care what people said. No, he I wanted agree. to be a boxer, and he fucked himself up. Yeah. Uh, now look, Callie is refusing to believe. Daryl and won't let her leave. I don't have child. I never had a child. Listen, I would remember if I did, okay? Oh. What about all those pictures of you breastfeeding? Well, I could exceed be me. She did it. She escaped her daughter. Phew. But how long will it last? Let me not. I don't have time. I'm just going to smell this flower. She didn't keep running. Look, she's a wildflower in the, among the wildflowers. Do you remember her in Blade Runner? Yeah. Claire Duvall was not great. in Blade Runner. 
She was good. Yeah, Blade Runner. She was terrific. She's she's. I mean, that's something like Blade Runner, Cave of the Cave Mares, Splash. She was in a lot of like. For, I for think Splash movie. was probably her best well, film. Be, I guess. I haven't seen that movie to be honest with you. You haven't seen Splash? Yeah, I mean, I've seen those okay. scenes with John Stop Candy. Stop what you're it. doing. All right, go see Just Splash. leave the show. I'll All take right. over. You head home and see Splash. All right, hey, thanks. See that film. Carl, I need you to talk till 6 o'clock until the next Okay, season, I'll though. be doing it. Uh, she was good in Roxanne and Wall Street and Steel Magnolias and all that, but, I mean, Splash was, like, her peak, in right. my opinion. But don't you think it's odd that, it, not odd, but it's cool that she does three science fiction movies, right? Cave of the Clan Bear, uh, Blade Runner, and Splash are all science fiction. Um, no, um, no. Certainly Blade Runner was a science fiction film, but Cave of the Clan of the Cave Bear takes place in like 10,000 BC. It is not science fiction at all. Well, she is. It's science. Oh, did you think she time traveled or something? No, no. It's, it's a story about a human baby who's found by Neanderthals and raised in a Neanderthal, you know, with. Right. You know. But that's about And they're science. way different. But that sounds like a, a fiction work about... All right, all right, I'm not going to split hairs. I'm, all right, I, we won't include in science fiction. It's just plain old fiction. Well, there's no laser guns and spaceships and, you know, there's yeah, no, no I science. Get you. I guess you. You're right. Okay. So now she's, she's saying, okay, I might have had a kid, but I wouldn't have been a good mother to you because I was so angry. I was 17 years old. I felt trapped and imprisoned. I was in love with Eric Roberts. I was not in love with Wade. <laughs> okay. He said he would take me away to Mexico. So Callie's like, I understand why you ran away. You were in trouble with the law and you were going to get busted. And she goes, no, no, no. I was going to be exonerated. I didn't need to run away. It was all about rejecting you. It was all about being an angry mom. And I was going to raise you wrong. And everybody in the commune wanted to have a baby. So I let them have it. Well, and uh, <clears throat> happy Mother's Day. Wow, that's pretty depressing. She is being honest. I mean, yeah, and not only I was that. enraged. I felt trapped, if you're looking at the... I mean, it's about time. I mean, we're like 15 minutes before this film wraps up. So they should get to the fucking end of this movie. Like the whole point is this conversation. This one scene. So it's like, well, what? If, okay, that was then. What about now? And she goes, I, I don't know how to be a mom. I, you know. And she goes, well, look, we're good friends. What's the difference between a good mom and a good friend? And Daryl Hannah's like, I couldn't tell you the difference. I've never been a mom. I just, that's not for me. I don't want to be there. Yeah, and uh, and now we get to the point. It's like, well, were you gonna tell me? And she goes, "Well, I suspected. I didn't know, but I thought it would be better if you didn't know." And I don't know. She, it, it's emotional. All right. Well, this is a nice area for it. You see the difference between Florida wind and like California wind behind <clears> her. With yeah, the, yeah. Like it's it seems like it's part of the movie, and I give credit to Painter because it does it's grounded in this in this county. I mean, it's grounded in the area. And they shot in three weeks, so wow, you know, good. there's no turning of the. I don't know. I'm from here, and our leaves change. What about 
When the seasons change here, we really feel it. It looks visually different. You guys, I think, just get a little chilly. Yeah, and then we get chilly, and there's a rain season during winter, and... uh... I mean, this is before like the weather gets extreme, and we've we've had uh, the fires and all this stuff recently. But um, yeah, yeah, the, the leaves don't really change color. They just they they do they don't really fall on the they fall on the ground, but they that's it, you know. This is I mean this part uh, if they're in Marin, it's pretty, isn't it? I mean, it's so yeah. pretty. This is uh, no no. This is this is Folsom Street still. I, We're in Bernal Heights. I'm can, okay. I think it has to be, but I'm confused. Oh, here we go. Give me a hug, Mom. Oh, by the way, Mom, it's my birthday. Can I have some money to go to the ball? <laughs> I'm not that kind of mom. Whoa, this motherhood really crept up on me. I just wrote a check to my son for $100 as he went off to college, you know, back to school. Yeah, that's not going to last him a day. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for him because he's got $250 in his bank account and he's scrimping and saving. He just did this trip to Philadelphia and, Dad, I only spent $30. I'm like, oh, I'm man. proud of you, son. Yeah, well, when, I, you're, I, when you're young, I'm, you can get away with that shit. I'm poor. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, like when you're young, you're like, yeah, $5 a day, that's easy. I could buy a pack of Fritos and that'll last me for two days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, back in the day. So they're uh, sleeping. This movie's exhausting. Yeah, it's... me to sleep. But as I got older, I just... Oh, this is the wrap-up, huh? No, we kind of... Well, this is talking about the dad, you know, like, we were so close, he would sing me to sleep, but we grew apart as we got... as I got older. I don't... Maybe she grew apart. So it's not a bone. that is what happened, but I mean it makes sense as a teenager you get that. Um, oh yeah, your parents. Is... <clears throat> you don't get me stuff, and she's still wearing that same dress. I did a very good job of avoiding all that bullshit, man. I really <laughs> got to pat myself on the back. Good for you, yeah. Yeah. Be nice. Uh <clears throat> They're, you know, this is a good... The problem is about this scene is that after they walk through the stream, they're going to go ahead and, and press uh, step on grapes for wine. <laughs> they're, they're doing it separately. They're doing it separately. She is not next to oh, her. Oh, yeah, look at that. Special effects. One now, faded. It, it, good job, Melissa Painter. That was very nice. We need, like, some uh, uh, Jackson Brown music video music playing during this. What we have throughout this whole thing is a guitar plucking. Oh, if you put on the sound right now, you'll probably hear a acoustic guitar plucking. And the ocean. Waves. Pluck, pluck, pluck. We ran out of money for the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> pluck, pluck. The budget sound. is exhausted. Just pluck. Well, the, there's no drummer in this one. You can tell like a film's budget by like the dwindling members of the orchestra as the film goes on, right? You get a full orchestra. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like the uh, trumpet here and a clarinet there. Uh, I think this is, it might be the end, the end of this movie. Well, basically, it's okay. I'll just tell you. Yeah, please. 
narrow Hannah now flips and says, okay. I mean, she doesn't say daughter, but she says, okay, you can come with me. Come with me. And then Callie says, I'm going to stay here with my father. Oh, I think that Callie learned in the bedroom. Callie learned what kind of mom Sabine was going to is and was going to be and gives her the car so that Sabine can travel. Oh, and then calls the Dwayne up and be like, wait, can you pick me up? I'm out here in fucking Marin County somewhere. <laughs> That's right. Because there must be a payphone. It's 85. Oh. Now, in this movie, we had Santana Blues Travelers, yeah. James Addiction. Wow. And more. All 80s bands. Except for all of them. Well, there's hippie music. I guess Santana. Santana's more of a '70s band. Well, no, he and he's Bay Area, so you know, you got, if you're lucky to get him in, that's good. I told you. That uh, he's not the most li- famous Latino from San Francisco, though. That clearly goes to Jerry Garcia. Jerry Garcia. Well, what what have you? I, I don't. I mean, music-wise, I don't even know. I don't know where to begin. That's a joke because the last name is Garcia, Garcia. which sounds very Latin, but that guy is as honky as honk could ever honk. Uh, he was funny. I always so heard the story. Joke. I heard a story that Jerry Garcia was parked in Golden Gate Park, and the cop knocked on his window, and Jerry rolled down the window and blew like uh, crack cocaine smoke at him. Jerry rolled down the window and what? Blew co- uh, crack cocaine smoke at him. At the oh, cop. really? Yeah. So this is Ocean Beach. This is a. Uh, these beaches in San Francisco are known where you can be nudist. You can walk around naked. So. Uh, now we're having the hi dad I I'm love sorry, you dad. dad you're alright I take it back this is like my, my kid would be like so you're alright what's for dinner again <laughs> dinner alright there you go Aww. daddy daughter day yeah it is it's daddy daughter day and now <clears throat> Instead of taking care of a babysitter, she takes care of the house. She, like, house sits Sabine. Um, I- I'm not sure exactly where, because clearly this is Marin County. But right. it wraps up by by Callie saying, I- I'm going to be alone. I- I'll always live alone. I just know that about myself now. And, you know, I did some shots of wildflowers before this film ended. It's inexplicable why the film's named Wildflowers. They don't even have a poem named Wildflowers. Oh, that's true. Oh, and then we're done. All right. <clears throat> okay, so it was a long, painful journey, but it was a journey. And she started like, who's my mom? Then she found out who her mom was. Then it's like, chase my mom, please love me. And then when the mom finally said, all right, I'll love you, she said, she realized, the dad's left me all along. Right. So... So I'll stay home. Yeah. Well, she learned a very important life lesson, which is if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, do not move. Do not give up that <laughs> fucking rent control. Right, so what did you think of the movie Wildflowers? I thought it was a very good film for your show. Ah. I also thought that I think this is the kind of movie for like a thoughtful young woman to get into. You know what I mean? It yeah, was well done. 
it wasn't exactly well written, but it wasn't sucky written. No, yeah, it's, it was complex. It had some complexity to it. If I wasn't a member of your show, I would have never chosen to see this. But I'm glad I was forced to. <laughs> <laughs> you see it five because times. that just happened. <laughs> well, you know, part of the premise of the show is that I do uh, read about movies and books, and I do one of my books in my bookshelf is the Video Hound Guide. I think the one I have is from '99 or 2000 and what video hound does is that at the back of the book they list movies by categories which is a fun way to kind of look for up movies and i saw san francisco because i was booking for our live shows and this was going to be a possible movie for a live show because it took place in san francisco as the theme and i said fuck it let's just watch it you know i had no idea about it so uh, gotcha i'm glad we did here's all the music that you were talking about None of it looks like it's from the 80s. It's all hippie stuff or 90s music. Uh, it's so weird that Blues Travelers were playing in 85 in, in San Francisco. So, uh, Well, I don't think, I think just like you said, uh, poetry they said took what they film. could get and Robert it was a Haas. 90s band. Robert Haas. Wow, you're right. So there's the, the poetry being acknowledged by the actor and poet laureate Robert Haas. And we want to thank Marin County. Sausalito, beautiful. Mesa Park, beautiful. Port of San Francisco, beauty. Uh, San Francisco, San Francisco, Golden Gate Recreational Area, beautiful. Town of Mill Valley, beautiful. Look at all this Red Vic Theater, beautiful. Castro Theater, gorgeous. ACT, that's the theater. Cafe Tristy, yeah. Look at this, cute. Oh, I know all these areas. The Whole Foods Market, whoa, from 99. <laughs> Ah, uh, this is what I really wanted to sit through. Real foods. I just oh, and of course, uh, the fucking bookstore, City Lights. And now here's everyone who funded us the money, gave us money for this film. Ooh, James um, It claims that the Fillmore Theater was in this film, but I didn't see it. Did you? Might have been. I mean, like, there could have been a side of it because it's, it's on two angles. I don't know what to tell okay. you. Like, it's on a street corner, so maybe it was on one of the other sides. Yeah, developed through Sundance. <clears throat> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Wildflowers from 1999. It was the Fillmore Theater, but when this film was uh, premiered in it, it was filled less. Oh, there wasn't that. Yeah, they couldn't fill it. Uh, fill less theater. Fill less theater. <laughs> well, I want to mention that Carl and I will be in person inviting you, the audience member, to come join us in person as a studio audience as we project our films on the wall. Uh, we are doing yeah. this as part of the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, uh, which we would love for you to check out. So if you live in the Bay Area, you can come, get tickets, uh, and be and see us live. And, of course, if you are anywhere in the world, you can follow us on our podcast feed. But those should be a special feed on mutinyradio.fm, which will have all mm -hmm. shows. We have over 66 comedians coming from around the country. We have uh, over 60 shows and podcasts. We're doing four shows. So... Uh, first day, uh, March 1st, we're doing two one-hour shows. We have our movies set up. Should I, tell, should I say the movies, or should we just keep it set Yeah. All right. Uh, the first movie is a new public film in the public domain. It is Dante's Inferno from 1924, and that is a 40-minute film. It'll be Carl and me in person, as well as two comedians from the festival. And then at 3 o'clock, we have another show, and then we're going to be watching the 1987 uh historical footnote my best friend's party which was quinn tarantino's first movie never got finished uh and then we are doing a two-hour full-length movie 
on Wednesday, March 4th, 6 to 8 p.m. Get out of work. Come on over to the theater. Don't bring alcohol. Not allowed. Uh, we will be watching The Rats Are Coming, The Werewolves Are Here from a cult director who I never heard of until recently. And then we are going to be watching uh, Saturday at 8 o'clock a bunch of shorts about San Francisco. Uh, it's just be kind of fun to check it out. And we'll have comedians there. And then Carl will be here in the studio in person. Uh, wait, the, wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. Did I miss something? Saturday. <clears throat> yeah. What is that date? 3 7? March 7? Yeah, March 7. What are the shorts? Because okay. Well, I just, I will set up a playlist and I'll let people know so they can watch it beforehand. But uh, it is, there's a famous archival footage of Market Street right before the 1906 earthquake. Before uh, it, that's right. Yeah. And then also, what, uh, I was in a short called 38 Geary, which is named after the bus line from 1996. We'll be finally, as the show, we'll finally sit down and watch my own movie. So, bask in my narcissism. And come check out. It's that. not narcissistic. Uh, wait till you see the film. It's not narcissistic. All right, all right, fair enough. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to make up for the fact that I'm not much of an actor. And then, uh, so those are four shows that uh, you can come see us live. And uh, one of them. Is okay, wait. It's half. called the Trip Down Market Street, right? 1906. Yeah. yeah. A trip. And then others. And then stuff. what's this fake earthquake? No, no, no. This keep, we'll, we'll keep it as a surprise. We'll, we have oh. all that stuff. All right? We'll keep that part as a surprise. But those are two 12-minute okay. portions, and then we'll have enough to make sure it's 38 minutes of content. But that's not what I want to talk about. You can go to muniradio.fm, and you can buy tickets on Eventbrite. Show uh, you're into it. And if you're here on the Internet world, make sure you just listen to us live. These are special shows. And, of course, you can follow our podcast feed at, right. one more time, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And we are going to be back next week. Uh, the podcast will be here next Sunday, and we'll be broadcasting live, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. <clears throat> Carl, the movie is a recommendation from my brother, and I, okay. I am really into it. It's called Robo Vampire. and Robo uh, Vampire. And it's from the 1988, so that's what we're going to be watching. I don't really see a real trailer. I see. Well, there's Robo Vampire trailer from oh, trailer? Sleazy P. Martin. Okay, hang on a second. Let me see if I can find Sleazy P. Uh, oh, I see it. Okay. great All hair. Right. All right, here we go. So here is the sound. Three, two, one, go. Coming soon. Next time on Sleazy Pictures, after dark... Oh, so we're watching a guy who already has a movie show where he's already talked about this film. So we're not the first people to do Robo. Adam, my brother, we're not the first to do Robo Vampire. But uh, Wait, so this isn't the trail? Oh, no, it's, it's, some a, guy, it's a guy who has a cult about. movie little show on YouTube. So okay. God bless Yeah, oh, here we go. Robo trailer. I see Kalish. Yuck. All right, here we go. That, this is in uh, Spanish. Oh, must we? Must we? What? Oh, I didn't see it. Here's the trailer. All right, you want to do something else? We don't have to. Oh, <laughs> can we watch this in person? I want to watch a really gory film with you in person. Well, it's your show. I have to. I am forced right. to watch no, whatever I watch. Let's watch Robo Vampire in person so I can watch you squeam during the whole time. Okay. All right. So we're listening to the Robo trailer. Robo Vampire. What year was that again? 1988. So we'll have okay. to do that on March 7th, right? 
No, oh, we'll, see not? Next week. we'll see it next week. Okay. I think I'm playing Robo the trailer Vampire. right now. I'm playing the trailer. 1989. Godfrey Home. Okay. All right. This will be fun, I guess. Well, here's we'll the trailer. Out. I'm watching uh, the reels. Oh, he's bending the, the guns and he's throwing them aside. Oh, here's that that gross stuff you got grossed out by. Well, he bites the neck, and instead of just sucking blood, he, like, rips out his flesh. Well, it's a more efficient way to get blood. Yeah, he's ripping his woman's oh, shirt off. okay. Uh, it, he, he's got a... Yeah, because it's, you know, if you bite... It's it, a technique, you're saying. Yeah, okay. well, let's say you have a drink and you have a straw, right? Maybe two straws. What if you had, like, one big boba straw? You know? Like, gotcha. Yeah. Or you just break a rip a hole in the can and drink it from there. I don't know. About now this you movie. said that people can buy on Eventbrite. Did you say they go to MutinyRadio.fm and link to it? Yeah, or if you go to Eventbrite, you can yeah. type in Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, and we're oh, listed. Okay, okay, and we're okay. listed on Facebook. I went ahead and created two out of the four events, uh, and it's all there. I don't know about this movie. I don't know what my brother got me into, but. Well, well, listen, we can change our minds. Yeah, uh, we did that last week. We didn't have a movie, and now we did it. Oh, it looks like somebody's Okay, do you want to just not have a movie? You can let me know. Uh, Mr. Goodbar's still out there. I don't know why you don't right, look, hop hey, on let that. Me, let me see. Looking for... Oh, here's Pam, Mr. Goodbar. All right, here we go. Look for Mr. Goodbar. Phew, do, 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 do. Well, two nine, uh, two hours and nine minutes, full movie. With oh, it's too long. It's no, too no, long. it's not. It, it could be like a bootleg where it's just extended long. All right, well, we're going to close. We're going to close with a trailer of Looking for Mr. Goodbar. Uh, here's a clip from 1977. Wait, wait, is that where we're watching next time? No, uh, let's just, you've been talking about it so much. Let's take a listen. Uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe we could. No, let's not watch a trailer if that's not what we're watching. I don't know what we're watching. Guys, thank All right, you so let's much just for leave it open. Yeah, we'll leave it okay. open. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Carl, thank you so much. What a great show tonight. Thank you. Yep. All right. All right. Bye. Harold. Bye-bye. Daryl, call me. Bye. CFO here, here to let you know that the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 
2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Richard Harris, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Prime Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95834. San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can listen on the go Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to mutinyradio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun!
I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499. Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRatio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month, Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Asiento. Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible off show. 
Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. Welcome to Racers Alley again on a Thursday night here at Mutiny Radio in the middle of the heart of the mission. Haven't been here in two weeks, so uh, welcome back, everybody. And uh, uh, not a lot nicer here tonight. Last week we had like seven days of just miserable storms, which is great for our water table. But uh, boy, oh boy, it was kind of crazy here. I mean, when us San Francisco bitch about weather, I hear a lot of other. These things just took over me. It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast.